0: welcome everyone to our first and really only episode on willow season one we're off to a good start with ben yawning uh i am here of course i'm brandon t mcclure as you can see uh and with me is ben magnet the only reason why it's the two of us we're the only two who got to finish the show um sparks did attempt but did not uh, get there in time and we wanted to be sure that we got this episode out as quickly as we possibly could because the show is now pretty much a month old at this point i think eh, give or take give or yeah. take a month old so we're talking about willow season one we were all pretty excited about the show on the fakener podcast we watched the trailers the trailers looked great we watched the movie the movie was a lot of fun we all liked the movie for the most part um but the show is here the show is over so we're gonna be talking about season one of willow what do you think, Ben?
1: Now I did not grow up like as we said during the our main episode where we talked about the movie from the 1980s. I never grew up with Willow. I didn't really know Willow was a thing until maybe I was like make a make an early uh young adult, middle adult. I don't know. I didn't really know much about Willow, just that it was that one movie with Warwick Davis and it was a Lucasfilm thing. Mm-hmm. Now that I know more about it. I actually really, really enjoyed this show. I had a really fun. good time. I, I have a few critiques and a few, not I wouldn't say complaints, but I would have a few critiques here and there. But other than that, this is a really fun fantasy show. I would definitely say this is one, I wouldn't say call it a family show because there's there's course language. Even when it when it's turned it on, this being a Disney Plus venture, and it says, hey, course language, and they start using said language, I'm like, oh, wow, that's new for Disney. But other than that, I really enjoyed the show. I think they expand the world that they're in a little bit better, and obviously, thirty plus years after the original film, they get to have better special effects. They have to better make. They have better creature designs. This is. I really enjoyed the show. I'm honestly cannot wait for what's for more to come.
0: Yeah. Spoilers all throughout the season. All throughout the discussion. um, By the way, so if you've not seen the series at any point. Don't watch this. Don't watch this uh, from here on out because Willow was, die. I'm kidding. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I expected him to. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Multiple really? times in the season. I was like, oh, is Willow going to die? I mean, the show's called Willow. And I was like, yeah. how are they going to get away with that? Anyway, but I agree. I really like this show. I, I think that this is kind of the. This, so what works about the movie is its tone for me anyway, uh, the tone is very lighthearted. It's very fresh and kind of the way it, it presents a fantasy world. Very modern, even in the '80s, mm-hmm. in a, like in its humor and its dialogue. Um, very, very much a modern sensibility. Not necessarily what we see in like Game of Thrones, for example, um, or even Lord of the Rings. Like, it's not very much. It's not like people don't always talk with a British accent and kind of the Queen's English. People are, Val Kilmer is just American in that movie, right? Um, but he, but, but it's fun and it's an enjoyable experience and that's really all they wanted to do. What the show does is continue that tone. And I think maximizes the potential that that movie had. Now, I also have some qualms with it mostly towards the late, towards the end of the season that are, that I'm kind of okay with having knowing that there's another season on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with Graydon. And I'm wondering if you probably had the same thought with Graydon
1: yeah i definitely do
0: so let's get so let's get into some of the stuff that worked so and stuff that didn't work I, I i prefer to start with negatives because i like to I like to mostly fluff up with some positives yeah, yeah um, I so let's start let's talk about Graydon, who i think is the weakest part of the show unfortunately
1: even though i really like what Tony rubber is doing he gradens for me is like gosh he is a weird character okay when i say weird character he I don't know how to properly describe this because I don't hate Graydon. I actually really like Graydon. He's I like how I like what his character is. Um, I like how he is a prince forced into a marriage that he he also doesn't want to be a part of. Like you can tell right from the get go when he first meets Kit, he's like, uh, I'm not into this, right? And, and, and
0: there's and a, Mark, yeah, there's some really cool ideas with Graydon that I think are yeah. really. That I think are really, really fun with the idea that like he doesn't know who he is because he's been told who he is his entire life. You know he yeah. he was he killed his brother because he was possessed. Later in the season he gets possessed. Um, he he he's forced into this marriage. He's forced to this destiny that he was never supposed to have because his, his brother was supposed to have it. And and so there's this over a lot overarching idea that Graydon doesn't know who he is and mm-hmm. he's trying to find himself and. It seems to be that seems to be that the that the show wants to bring him into becoming a sorcerer like Willow and that's all well and good but by the time we
1: get there it's so late in the damn season. Yeah. I'm just like, "Wait, what's going on now?" Like when he does when he uses the flute to use his magic spell to when they were getting chased on the shattered sea, I'm like, "Hold up a minute. When yeah. did he learn to do that?" There, yeah. are few, there are definitely a few times where there's like some things were brought up and I'm like, wait, we're not just going to address this big gaping, I don't want to call it plot hole, but this, this thing that sounds really important. And thankfully we are getting a second season because I didn't, or we're getting three seasons. Apparently Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't think that we were getting a se- uh, more seasons. I honestly thought we were getting a one and done. Mm-hmm. like this was just like the one season that's it they saved here and everything because when the more the show was going i was like there's a lot of stuff that's unresolved i don't know how they're gonna fit it all into the la- last episode and the last episode is only like 52 minutes long give or take yeah but with gradient especially with him because him and his relationship with Alora, i was kind of rooting for him from the beginning like he's trying oh, to bro yeah baby he's trying to he's trying to like you know put her up uh, like build her up It's like no you can do magic you can do this and then he learns how to do magic and it's i don't don't know there are sometimes when i'm watching willow the rules of how magic are learned it's it's a little confusing because you know how in some fantasy realms or in some fantasy universes magic is like you have the magic within you so you can learn it and some people just sadly don't have it or how people's like, oh, anyone can learn magic, you just gotta like study hard enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't, I didn't know if this I kept forgetting, or I kept trying to figure out if this world, like what were the rules of magic in this world? Can anyone learn magic? Is it just like only a few select people? Because obviously seems to
0: me, it seems to me that it's kind of both. Like mm-hmm. Alora has magic in her. She was born yeah. with magic, she's destined to be this, this, this incredible sorceress. Um, but when it came to Graydon, it feels like he learned it kind of secondhand. And 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 perhaps perhaps not. Perhaps not. Let me just roll with something real quick. Perhaps not because he is possessed at a very young age. And perhaps that left something in him. Maybe. Right? And so that's why he learns. That's why he can pick it up really quickly. But that's never really addressed in the show. That's never really explained. Neither that's is kind of a bummer. Scar. Neither is a scar. Oh, that's from The Exorcist that they performed in as a kid. Oh, okay. They do. Okay. Say, they
1: do mention that that's from The Exorcist when he was a kid. Okay. Yeah. Because like um, when we first see Graydon in the window when um Eric in the first episode when Eric gets taken away, you there's this clear shot of his chest of him without a shirt on, and you see the scar. And I thought the I don't know the light was playing tricks on me when I first saw. Him. I was like that doesn't look like that. Sh-. I was like, wait, did this actor have like a horrible accident and has a horrible scar on his chest? Because that's that's sad. I feel bad for him. And then it's like, oh no, this is part of his character. He just has a scar. we learned why later on but there were definitely some things or especially with Graydon's, like we should probably wrap this up like how did the exorcist really go how why is his father i mean we know why his father's constantly mad at him and we know what happened and the only true clue is like the creepy eyes when he pulls his brother out of the tree yeah um i am glad we're gonna get a And I am that's, glad
0: that's, more in. that's that's the reason why because so at the end of the at the end of the season and again if you're watching this you shouldn't be um but uh the thing is like he dies at the end of the season or at least we yeah. think he does uh-huh and we're like and so like I'm thinking to myself like well that was a waste I'm, kind of, I'm actually really bummed about that because I like this character and, yeah. and I like Tony Revolori as this character and I want to see that go. And then the finale, the final bit where he wakes up in the battlefield that Willow sees in his in mm-hmm. his um, in his premonition. I was like, oh, OK, I'm 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 OK with this if we're going to actually be going through some stuff with him and his own subplot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That makes me very happy. By the way, did you notice the two headed horrible monster in the in the battlefield? Oh, I saw it. My god, that thing is gnarly. Like when I saw
1: when I saw um like sexy dark Alora standing there and she's talking to Great, I'm like, oh no, that's like the worm because the crone's dead. They they she she's able to defeat the crone. And I'm like, this is the worm playing tricks on him. Yeah. So this is and then you see like the the, the horde of monsters behind behind Dark Alora. And I gotta I gotta tell you, this isn't I know we're t- we're talking most about our negatives. I do have a few more negatives here and there, but one thing no, I do want—some positives. Yeah, I want to talk about the. I want to talk about the musical choices. Every, so, oh, can we wait? Actually, uh, because okay, I want to we'll, talk about we'll the musical put, choices too. We'll put a pin in that. Uh, yeah, let's we'll, put a pin we'll, in that one. Let's put a pin because I. I don't know why I really like the musical choice for the last bit. Just something about that guitar. But we'll talk about that. The more. whole, the whole move.
0: Uh, before we get deeper into it, because I want to talk about some of the stuff with uh, other with some, some positive character stuff. Before mm-hmm. we get into it, I think the musical choices are excellent in the, throughout the show. Um, but The cast is Beautiful
1: yes I the, the cast of the this is The most beautiful cast I Have ever seen in my life this Cast truly is Awesome and it one of the Things I want I want to I want to praise this Show about is that it brings back that classic Adventure fantasy It brings back that that fantasy Adventure but it also does isn't afraid to Really raise the stakes like when um, Like when the old guy shows up. I kind of had a feeling that when the old guy um, volunteers to join the party, he dies almost immediately. Oh, um, uh,
0: Mad Mardigan's friend, who is yeah. played by famous actor.
1: Uh, uh, let me t- Hold on, you keep talking. I know yeah.
0: I forgot this guy's name.
1: Yeah, when he dies practically immediately, I'm like, okay, so this isn't going to be your typical Disney kids show. Where it's going to, where they're gonna, like everyone's gonna make it out. Everyone's plot armor is gonna be fine. There's not real stakes. There's no emotional baggage or anything like that. Christian Slater. Oh, I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about the guy in the very beginning of the show, the old dude. Which old dude? The old dude who gets shot in the arrow when he's talking about uh, you need to survive in the in the. Oh my god! I armor. forgot about him. <laughs> I mean, Christian Slater. We'll talk about Christian Slater um as well. But yeah, this old guy like straight up just gets an arrow shot into him and he's like, and he just keels over and dies. And I'm like, OK, so there is danger because, you know, how you, with a spot, with a lot of fantasy um, family fantasy shows, there isn't I mean, there's danger, but there's no like real danger out there. Mm-hmm. This one's like, no, nah, this place is dangerous. You got to be on your toes. You got to be careful.
0: Well, I think the, I think clearly our main characters have plot armor. Oh, um, they don't really do. We 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 wouldn't be following them if they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um you're not gonna kill Alora. Um okay. real yeah. quickly though, uh that reveal actually took me by surprise because I didn't realize that the show was set only about 20 years after the first film. But it's been 34 years since the first film. So I mm-hmm. thought at this point we'd be like they'd be older, but like these are all a bunch of like 20 like early 20 somethings. Yeah. Um like the oldest and I, one in the party is is uh, Borman, um, my bisexual king Borman. Um, <laughs> Borman is beautiful. I love him so much. He is um, my
1: character. He's my favorite character, actually.
0: Borman is one hundred percent my favorite character. I think he is so funny. I think that char- that actor is whip smart with his dialogue. Um, he's written so well. Uh, it, it, there's a line at the end of the show where he's just like, "Do you want to go in there, or do you guys just want to kiss like real quick?" <sighs> And he's just
1: like, they're just like, what? No, it's like, it's like, fine. Well, you know, you're lost. The whole Um, whole time I'm traveling with Borman, I'm like, that's something he definitely would say. mm -hmm. And also, I want to call the show like D&D light in a sense, because the whole party is kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons party where you have and Borman is your like classic barbarian who just runs into a fight and is like, let's go.
0: Um, I think Borman is really great. Borman is definitely the standout. I do think Warwick Davis is really good in this in this role. He he comes mm-hmm. back to to Willow really well, um, and I like the idea that Willow isn't the greatest sorcerer in the world. Like he he has ridden off this this legend of destroying Bad Morta, but he didn't actually do it. And oh. the movie that like the the show reminds you of like, hey, actually remember Willow didn't defeat Bad Morta. He just tricked her, and she he just tricked liking. her, and and so he's just like I've been writing that for years, and like he's still a powerful sorcerer. Obviously, he's still really good at sorcery, mm-hmm. um, but he's not like the most powerful sorcerer. And I really like that. Yeah. Um, Kit and Jade, um, it, it's incredible that there is a fantasy show on Disney Plus with a lesbian relationship at the core, and they don't shy away from it at all. <laughs> The first episode they kiss and they're just like, Yes, this is a show about gay people. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> like and, and like there's no there's no like there's no like pretending like they're like, oh, you know, you know, you know, you know, it's not it's all subtext. It's text. It is yeah. it is one hundred percent Kit and Jade are in love. They are the main relationship of the show. Um, and I think they're delightful together.
1: Um it's- very much obvious like the owl houses With their two characters um and Amity being in a relationship in a in a gay relationship themselves um but yeah it's not just subtext it's text and there are, I do like the relationship but there are definitely times where like when obviously when Kit first kisses Jade when Kit first kisses Jade and then when they get they're in the um um was it Knockmore knock something Oh, the castle! Yeah, yeah, the creepy castle of Knockmar. Uh, Knockmar, thank you. Knockmar. I don't know why I just can't forget, forget remember Knockmar for some reason. But yeah, when they were in Knockmar, and then Bormans, they're like, "Tell us something real, Borman." When I was like, "You to- totally have the hot switch." They're like, uh, "No, we don't." No, no. Like, yes, you do. Shut, shut up. And like everyone knows it too, but
0: they for some reason wanted to like not admit it. And uh-huh. and like I get that it was like a, a a thing of passion the first time, but but even I was kind of like going like, no, but you kissed her. Yeah. Like when when she when she's just like I don't love her. It's like no, but you you do. You literally told her in the first episode,
1: yeah, that you love her. You gave her a kiss right before you ran. You're going to run away, and also you keep breaking her heart throughout the, the second and third episodes. And you keep doing stuff that puts you and Kit in dire or not in dire straits, but um definitely puts a damper on your relationship because things go because bunch of shit's going bad. Yeah, and I think I think
0: it's I think that's the only kind of pom- the that's the only th- place where it falters for me. I think also Kit is really difficult to like a, a, lo- a lot of times. Um, Kit has a has a chip on her shoulder, bad, and yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily mind it because I've seen men character male characters kind of go through the same thing, and I mm-hmm. knew that was the character arc we were going. And I think the actor is so good that it's just still compelling to watch. But sometimes they kind of go for they kind of go away
1: from okay, but she's being. Too mean in this scene, like she's re- she's being yeah. really mean to Alora. Oh no, that definitely happens a lot, and there—that's actually one of my complaints—is that Kit is goes very mean. and she's like, "Okay, yeah, she's cool," but I do like, but I do love how, how the actor—I can't remember her name right now—the the actor who plays Kit, how she does have some great one-liners. Like when she happens upon the Echoberry boat, she's like, "Ah, nuts! Guess that's happening." Yeah, like, she's like, "Well, pff, shit, yeah, that's true." <laughs>
0: that's that's one of the things that i also like about it speaking of just some dialogue choices like i like that not all this dialogue is old english it's not yeah. all spoken with a british accent most of our cast is american anyway um yeah. and they don't pretend to be british and i i really like that because it felt refreshing the tone is very is very lighthearted, very comedic the uh there's no it doesn't feel like old old uh 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 old English dialogue of like what you'd see in like Lord of the Rings, the game of Thrones. Um, and that felt really refreshing to me. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was watching. It felt very much like uh, this is clearly a fantasy show that I've seen before. It's following a lot of the sim, a lot of similar beats, but it feels fresh because of the way it's written. Yeah. So, it, it, so that was really nice to kind of watch something that, at the, that felt familiar and refreshing at the same time.
1: Yeah, and even the actors' voices—those who were British and those who weren't—never really bothered me because, to me, it's a fantasy show. You have yeah. different. Not every time when you say fantasy, is like, oh, everyone has to speak in British accents. No, they don't. It could, it's, it's it's fantasy. I mean, it's, the idea you literally make this shit up as we go along. Talk normal;
0: it's fine. The idea that everything has to be British and fantasy, I think, I believe, comes from the idea of like whenever we would have like a French person or a German person or whatever in film, they were always British, like foreign meant British. Um, and so like, because medieval times is where, where a lot of fantasy is set. We also set, we also like, Oh, it has to be, it has to be British um, because if it's, if it's medieval, that's British. But I think what Willow does so well is to be like, eh, it's fantasy though why why does it have to be this isn't medieval england this is this is uh magical world number five yeah essentially <laughs> so like, we like why do we need to why do we need to adhere to
1: medieval english yeah i don't know um but uh, i do want to talk about a negative real quick go ahead like my two biggest negatives on the show um i'll talk about this one first in no particular order there were definitely times where the editing of the show threw me for a loop yeah, and I just would be like, "But why though?" And then there are even a few times where some acting choices, like some acting choices, were made. I don't know by the actor or the director or possibly both. Where even I'm sitting there going, "Why would you do that?" Just sounded either ingenuine or you were just so done with this take that you just like just give you. I'll just give the director something. And the director said, "Fuck it, we'll we'll just take that." Watch your um, language, um, Mister. This is sorry. a PG thirteen show. <laughs> sorry um one major one major um editing cut that i noticed or even acting decision i saw was in the last episode where kit was fighting with eric mm-hmm. and she's and kit's about to deliver the the killing blow to eric who has been possessed and he has like all the darkness in him and then allure just goes wait it's just like this no like mm. like stop like no stop no i mean i'll just like no, don't kill him. Just it's like it's like no way, don't. It's you know, it it just I, didn't feel genuine. I, 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 I don't remember exactly what you're
0: talking about, but I don't disagree there because there's a moment actually in the same scene in the same sequence of events uh, that I had a, that I was curious about. So the so one of the macguffins of the show is the Lux Arcana. It's this yeah. kind of it's this kind of armor that was made that has key and magical armor.
1: Coming and, in, us, yeah
0: and um borman oh, the coming curse is the armor the lux arcana is the key
1: yeah
0: right um uh is that uh, uh borman tries to use it because he was like we went on a quest to find this and uh mad mardigan uh d- didn't find it and we ended up and now he's well we'll talk about mad mardigan soon um but borman wants to use it because he thinks that it's destined for him he thinks he's a pure-hearted person but he's not um even though he's trying so like it's given to kit what i don't understand is why did they wait to use it when the crone was dead because the crone dies and then eric becomes the main threat and then they use the the chimerian curious yeah and like, I was curious
1: about that editing. I was like, why didn't you just like get in there, turn on that armor and just start kick, start kicking ass? Yeah. Like if the crone is doing her thing, I would have been like, cause the, cause Borman tells us the myth of the, of the Cimmerian Curious where it's like, whoever wears his armor is essentially invincible. Yeah. Like they will not die. So if I'm going in there and Borman gives the armor to Kit before they go inside, it's like, put that, slap that sucker on. So it's like hit the on button and then go and then go and storm the castle but okay. yeah, so that,
0: that was kind of a sequence of events that I felt like it almost felt like the curious was a was kind of an afterthought. Oh right, we have this, so let's let's use it. Yeah. I I kind of feel like maybe the battle with Eric and the battle with the crone should have been happening at the same time rather mm-hmm. than one after the other. Yeah. Um and that's really the only issue I have with the final episode, which I think for the most part is stunning. No, no, it um, is. Because um, I, I think be, there's a lot of great like CG in this in the show, and I think there's a lot of great action sequences in the show, um, although some
1: some not so much, but we'll get into it. You wanted to say something. Yeah, um, there's another part during the episode where they're escaping the minds of, of Skrillin. or Skillin, you know, the mountains with the trolls. Where and Mark Hamill makes a cameo.
0: He does. He's the voice. Remember, he's the voice of the of the Nelwyn. Um, uh, Nelwyn, Nelwin? what's Willow called? The Nelwyn. Nelwyn, yeah. Um, when they go to the vo- that the the Nelwyn vault inside that t- inside that place that where they find the Kira. Oh, the tomb. That voice is is Mark Hamill. Man, yeah.
1: I it sounded familiar. I just didn't put my fa- okay. That's neat. That's neat.
0: I really yeah. like, by the way, that the trolls just sound like middle managers yeah
1: that was re- that was really he funny just, he just comes in he's just like okay hi guys how are we doing and it's like huh i wouldn't I, yeah i also want another thing i like it when trolls when they take fancy tropes, because you know you see trolls you think they're gonna sound all like oh we're trolls we're gruff we're like we're no nonsense we're like then then just goes oh hello my name is steve this is <laughs> kyle we're a word of the mill management here so we'll be in charge of you for now for a while so yeah, that was funny, but that's know, not, know. that that was not my complaint. My complaint criticism is, I understand that you want that some things need to be interpreted on on the audience's own, but with a fantasy style show like this, I do feel like some explanations are warranted. And I felt like I never found out why Alora was feeling sick, or she was feeling tired, or how she was causing the tremors in the mountain. When they were going to rescue Kit and Willow. Oh, I did find that a little confusing. I guess it was just the stress mm-hmm. of being there. Like, I, th- I didn't know. And I think it, that's the most that we're supposed to yeah. think of it. I didn't know if it was because she started to feel sick. I didn't know if she just, just some anxiety maybe. But the fact that, and then because she is literally bringing the mountain down and that's how like when they're on that um that lake which i first i thought that lake was molten lava but me I too one thousand percent i was like why are you walking on that i know i'm like that's lava dude oh that's not lava that's crystal oh oh looked really cool though and it does look really rad yeah. but as they're walking across it i'm just sitting there going huh and then all of a sudden kid has like this thing because you know they go into the tomb she hears her dad and she's just still ain't now that part where she's angry at Laura I understand because obviously she knows the legend of her dad and her mom saving Alordan Dannen from Bav Morda and Matt Mardigan essentially doing everything he can to protect um Allura Dannen from the dangers of the world because obviously Beth Morda and other people the crone who follow the worm want to get want to make um cuz you know she's the chosen one.
0: Yeah. I I um, like sorry go on.
1: But still, like, when she's yelling at Alora, and Alora's like, I don't know how to stop it. I'm like, but why are you, like, are you sick? Are you stressed? What is the problem? Why are you? And then, like, I thought to myself, oh, this is actually Kit's sister raising a rebellion, and the Tremors are then blowing shit up and fighting back. And then that never gets answered. And my yeah. And answer it in season two or season three, maybe hopefully season two. But she goes, oh, these people are slayers. I'm going to go rescue them. We never see her again. Yeah, I don't
0: disagree with that. It didn't bug me as much um, as we went along, but I do, I do think that probably a, a more uh, because there's this training montage that I think is really good later on in the season, where um, where like Willow could have been like, oh your your power brought the ma- almost brought the mountain down because it's not yeah. contained or something like that. They could they could have thrown in a line of exposition somewhere. Um, I don't dislike. The fact that there's very little exposition in the show. Um, in fact, I think it's one of its strengths. But every now and then, I think they pulled away too much on mm-hmm. the exposition. But because you brought up the mountain, let's talk about Mad Mardigan. Yeah. So the story... So so it's kind of a mystery up until we get there of where Mad Mardigan ended up. Um, he is alive as far as any... As far as people know, he's alive, question mark. Um, he's missing and a lot of people just kind of assume he's dead, but but um, Borman specifically thinks that he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's and that that's kind of an engaging mystery throughout. And then it's revealed that he is alive, I guess, but he's in the realm of the worm, and the worm is like this big, massive. Uh, it's spelled W Y R M, which yeah. implies it's a dragon.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. It's implied it's a wingless dragon. Essentially, that's what worms w-y-r-m's That when you spell worm, that's essentially referring to a wingless dragon. Yeah, like they have like they have like four legs, but they just don't have wings.
0: And we see, we see. I think his tail when we're in the immemorium city.
1: It's a big ass dragon.
0: It's a big big dude. Um, and so he he decided to go to the realm of the worm. Because he knew that Kit would be a lot would be around to protect Alora. Yeah. Um. By the way, so the reason, so how they were able to do that is it's not it's not Val Kilmer's voice; it's actually Val Kilmer's
1: son oh, who, played, makes, who plays who plays Ben Martigan. That makes sense. I you know I was wondering because they did get a lot of actors from the first from the film and back in the show. Like of course the same. I'm assuming that's the same actress who plays Sorsha, right? It is. It is. All it right, is. good. And of course we got um the little brownie who would, he showed up for a hot second. I really enjoy that cameo. It's like, I remember you. But I at, have the a time, but at the same time, I'm actually glad he didn't join in on the quest. Yeah. It's I, although it's
0: a little weird that he's in the show because he's he's just mostly a cameo, just to, yeah. to be like, hey, Willow, I'm a dad now. I'm staying here with my daughter. Bye.
1: Yeah. Well, it's fine. Um, it's also, fine. It's oh, a cute scene. Yeah. But also, I, I mean, we do get the why um kaya's gone willow's wife and his son is gone because he oh, was out Kaya's is dead yeah Ka- she dead yeah but his son isn't his son is implied to have just left yeah because he was so upset that willow wasn't there when his mom when the mom died that he just because willow was out doing sorcery business because
0: he was because willow i guess went on adventures in between this in the movie, yeah. uh, Willow and Mad Mardigan kept in touch and still went on adventures and not, not like all the time, but he, in one of the times that he was gone, the village was attacked and his mu- and his wife was killed. And, but we don't know why the villagers retreated from the village in the first place. Right. Which has left a mystery, which is left a mystery from the season mm-hmm. that I was up until I, up until the end of the season, I was kind of like, are we ever going to address that? Cause they, oh, that they set was- it
1: up as a thing. <laughs> that was going to be my biggest complaint of the show was how are how many plot threads are we going to introduce like really good character moments really good things for character development for world building for lore that we're not going to touch on it's like what happened to willow's village why is what is wrong what happened to Graden to make him pull his brother down what really happened to mad martigan are we gonna see val kilmer are we gonna get a quick little ghost cameo is he dead is he not dead i don't know and then we get the tease it's like yo we got volumes two and three in the book in the in the works i'm like oh you sneaky bastards okay yeah i
0: mean i don't think we'll ever see mad martigan i think the implication is that he's dead at this point um uh, yeah. but his like ethereal
1: soul is in the is in the is in the realm of the worm i would and- be okay yeah i don't know how much Val Kilmer's son looks like his dad but i would be okay because you know how in especially in nakmar with the ghosts where they took where they essentially they hologrammed um that the original characters and actors yeah. from the film into Nakmar as ethereal ghosts when we saw scenes from the first film play out, which I thought was really cool. I really liked that. I really like that they incorporated that. I'd be cool that Mad Martin again is actually dead dead, but you can <laughs> but at one part you can see his like ghost form, but it's um Val Kilmer's son CGI to look like Val Kilmer from the film. And he just like smiles and then he fades away because he's found peace or whatever.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that either. I think that's probably the best you can do with Mad Mardigan, considering Val Kilmer can't speak at this point in his life. Poor Val. Um and I her, I think, I don't know if this is corroborated, but I do I think that the actress to play sorcia and the and Val Kilmer don't get along. Oh. Um makes sense. Because of the because of what happened. Anyway, um but a couple of things in Knockmore that i really like um which is when um they burst through the door and it's the 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 ghost of of the the rev revna reva rev the girls the girl who owns the wand before oh
1: oh um um rev something yeah Yeah.
0: but it's like I i know what you're talking about we see their we see their hologram and then like uh, and like the new kids come through the door. I'm like, that's pretty cool. It's like was, same as last time with my friends. Like, yeah, yeah your friends. That was
1: that was really neat. The um, best
0: line though in Nakmar, I want to highlight, which is when they're talking about what happened there. And there's like, yeah, and then Bad Morta turned everyone into pigs. And and afterwards we we turn them back. And they're eating pig, and they're like, You you sure you got them all? Pretty sure.
1: And they just put their food down. <laughs> 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 that was really funny. I don't know if pigs live for 30 plus years, but yeah. Um there was something else I was gonna say about Nakmar that I forgot. We'll we'll probably talk, we'll probably get back there. I, I thought going back to Nakmar was a good idea. Yeah, um, I but- I enjoyed going back. I another one of my favorite musical choices is when they after the fight at the slaughtered lamb, then they get to Nockmar and then you hear Inner Sandman play. I'm like, okay, that I like that. I like that rendition. That was good. Yeah. That was really cool because I like the I like so Nockmore plays an interesting
0: role because the idea is that like they what they did was tangled ever after this so I don't know how much you know about ta- the Tangled TV series. Not a lot. Spoilers for the Tangled TV series: slight, um, not not big ones. Slight spoilers for the Tangled TV series, which you should definitely watch. Um, they make it so that Mother Gothel actually worshipped a demon, and that demon is the true villain. Oh, and so what oh, they've wow. done and so what they did with willow is basically the same thing that the that Bath Morda actually actually was like the blood of the seven uh had the blood of the seven and she um and she was working for the crone but the crone was working for the worm so i so to explain all that, to kind of like loop the series back in with the movie, I think it was a good idea to go back to Knockmar and see references to the worm now yeah. put into Knockmar that we didn't see in the movie. And like, That was a really smart move.
1: Like the door that Borman's trying to get through. because It's the same door as in the vault. Yeah, so yeah. that door, one of the things I was actually kind of on. Well, not meh, but it's like, but we. I want to know what's behind that door because you hear the door like I watched that episode with subtitles on, and you can see, read the subtitles saying like there's voices on the other side of that locked door saying "Borman, come to us, Borman." You, know, it's a bunch of sexy lady voices saying like "Come, everything's great in here." Mm-hmm. You know that thing that lures people. You know the siren song that lures mm-hmm. sailors to their death or adventurers to their deaths. I.e., almost Borman because he just. I mean, the dude just wants money. Norman is so upset that he can't open the door, too. He's just like, I'm going to get the damn door. Yeah, and of course, I'm sitting there like, laugh, thinking, laughing. It's like, <laughs> it's just like in D&D where you can't open a locked door and you just keep back getting bad rolls. Um, but besides that, and we see the sigil again in front of the temple, so we know that sigil has to do with the worm. But also, it's like, I kind of was wondering what was behind that locked door. I mean, we oh, yeah, get to the... Yeah. The the implication I got was
0: that you know when we were in the in memoriam city and there's the um there's the there's the room where with like this kind of like smoky haze and you like look through it and you see the, and it's like the portal into the worm to the worm's oh. domain. Uh huh. I assume every time we see that door, that's what's behind
1: it. Oh, it's a, it's a way to get into the worm's domain. Okay. Yes. Okay, which is that, why which
0: is why mad market mad Mar- 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 sword was left in the vault in the tomb because he went through the door
1: mm-hmm. into
0: the worm's domain and so like i assume that that those er, there are doors all over this world that lead to the worm's domain
1: okay yeah that, that makes sense and i'm actually really i liked the the trope of the daughter slash son picking up the father's sword me too I like when she finds the, her dad's sword, and he she hears her dad, and she grabs the sword. I'm like, yeah, and I look I'm like, that's a must. That whoever made that sword's a damn good swordsmith because that sucker has survived thirty plus twenty plus years in a dank dungeon, rusting everywhere, and it's still sharp. Yep. Fantasy damn world way. number five, man. That's Fantasy true, world number five. Unless the plot, uh unless the plot mandates it, magic swords don't break from parents. The um.
0: The Lux Arcana and the cuirass, are, uh, what's it, Camerian cuirass? Yeah, the Camerian cuirass. I guess the implication is that you don't know how to take it off, and that you might not be able to take it off. Um, so the end of the season, they left it open of like, can Kit remove this? And like Jade's kind of flirtingly like, oh,
1: I'll get it off of you, but like, can she? Like, is it possible? Oh, I'm pretty sure you just have to push a button or something. But yeah, it's. I do like. I thought that I didn't interpret it interpreted that she can't get the armor off i interpreted it as she's just joking that she doesn't know how yet
0: mhm um what is what, what let's see who. um oh, the production design is beautiful i think all it the is. sets are gorgeous um i don't know how much if any volume was used in this in this show it doesn't feel like there is any and maybe maybe in the cavern in the caverns when we see like the lava lake which isn't lava um <laughs> i can see that oh, being lava. I can see that being a volume, but I really like the production design and the creature design. Also, is beautiful. The major creatures that the crone uses, like the dude with the with the uh, cage on his head and the, the bird lady, awesome, Ooh, terrifying,
1: awesome designs. Yeah,
0: I think they're called the gales. Yeah, I think so too. They're great designs, like
1: they truly are. fantastic. They are really good designs, and also the the. Practical makeup, especially for the bird lady when she's in human form, is downright terrifying. Like the sharp, the whole sharpened teeth, the way that they look like her skin is peeled back a little bit with her feathers poking out here and there. It yeah. it's like a demented version of Howl from Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's tr- it truly is good, but there is one other negative I do want to talk about that I've had with the show, and that's. And it's a weird negative because the show is called Willow, but Willow is such a small, no, no, no pun intended, especially on Warwick Davis's stature, but Willow, I mean, he does play a big part, but he doesn't play as big a part as the other characters. Like we don't even see Willow until he's not even mentioned until the end of the first episode. No, well, we see him at the end of the first episode. Oh Yeah. We see him at the end of the first episode. Oh, that's right. We do. Cause that's when he, it's like, Hey, surprise, you're a Laura Denon. Um, which I kind of caught on a little while after when we keep going on to this rant to this random girl who works in the kitchen is like, Are you the baby? I always thought I thought it was gonna be Jade
0: because she had red hair.
1: Yeah. Because Laura
0: had red hair. And so I was like, Oh,
1: Jade's Laura. You know, I no thought point. that I thought that too. No, it's it's her. I mean, I do like the actress who plays her. I like her I a lot.
0: I think she's. I think she's red hair in the in the in the future when we when we see her when we see her the flash forward. I don't know, but I
1: do remember in two episodes, like you and when when they're at the the Bone Reavers camp, you could see like part of her hair is red again, mm-hmm. but it's not like her roots are showing. It's like this long streak just showed up. I'm like, how did that get there? And then literally two shots later, she has a full head of red hair. And I'm like, what? That, oh, that's they were they were, they were the, working with something. Yeah, that was, one of the edit, that was one of the editing problems. It was like, she had a streak in at first, not her roots, and then her whole hair. Oh, well, that's that's a minor thing. That that's, that doesn't really bother me. But I like how this is an ensemble show, and Willow is a big part of it, but there are definitely times where I cared more about the other character's backstory and what the other character is going through than the main title character being Warwick Davis' as Willow.
0: See, I find that a feature rather than a negative. I'm glad that the show has such strong characters that I like them a lot. And again, multiple times in the show I thought Warwick Davis was going to be dead by the end of it by yeah. the end of it. Um so like the idea that we get to the, we get to the next, next season and and without Warwick Davis. Like he the, at the end, at right before he jumps off the waterfall which we don't see but when they figure out that they got to get to the Immemorium City by jumping off of this waterfall. Uh, Warwick Davis is, uh, willow decides to leave to go back to his his uh his home which perfectly fine like uh, of, of course like um he's concerned for his for his village and he has this moment where there's this moment that the show wants you to believe that oh this show could continue without willow and I mm-hmm. actually liked that because I was like you know what I'm okay with that because I think all these characters are strong mm-hmm. enough without him at this point yeah. I, and I, and I would and I would watch a willowless season um but I, I, I don't, I do get it and I'm glad that he's in the show and I'm glad that he's con- going to continue to be in the show because it is does I mean it's a show, yeah. um, but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that he isn't this kind of big, big part. It kind of felt felt to me like Luke Skywalker, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Willow, the series feels very much the last Jedi to me. Like Willow is very much like the kind of this old, this old jaded hero um very similar to to luke skywalker and the last jedi mm-hmm. i don't expect luke skywalker to be the main character of the last jedi right i expect ray to be the main character and so mm-hmm. like when i see willow i'm like oh i don't expect you to be the main character i expect it to be kit and jade and laura and Graydon and borman like i expect mm-hmm. them to be the main characters
1: yeah I, I this I can definitely say that this is more of a me problem than anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like if I'm watching a show called Willow, I expect Willow to be the main focus of like he's the main character. But at, but thankfully, through the, the decent writing and the character portrayals, I care more about the other characters. And I can definitely and I can definitely see Willow becoming. I don't know if you'll get this analogy, but maybe others will. This could become a Legend of Zelda situation. Where even though the title of the game is The Legend of Zelda, you play as Link and Zelda only shows up either at the very beginning or at the very end of the game.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, so. yeah, I kind of understand what you're saying. Like the show, if it was Willow is not really the show being called Willow isn't indicative of who the character is at this point. It's mm-hmm. that's because the the name of the franchise is Willow. Yeah. Um, so I, I see what you're saying. Um I'm just glad that we have such strong characters to follow though. Oh yeah, me, too. me too. At least at least they're fun enough that I want to follow them. Yeah. And really like I, I cannot stress enough. I cannot stress enough, Ben. These these people, these these people are gorgeous. They are beautiful people.
1: <laughs> I mean, when we first meet the crone, I have for a second I thought, okay, you're either the crone or you truly are another um another prisoner from another kingdom. That was taken. Oh, by I knew 100. She's the crown. And then it turns out she is the crown. Like, damn, a crown's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at her. I was <laughs> like, it actually looks it like? like I'm like, damn. And then when she turns into, oh, okay, that's creepy. But then it's like, why is she so hot though? Like, I I love her dress. Her dress is it's just, evil. It's evil, evil. Why hot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And also uh, like when she does her her when, when Eric is like, no, no, Crown, and she's like beautiful, young and beautiful, but then when then and they kiss and she's giving him the, the dark inf- the the dark infection. But then you cut it to Kit and Jade and Alora, who are like, ugh, oh, because you see him kissing the old weather crown monster.
0: <laughs> Man. Um, I want to talk about um one of my negatives, which is that I think while a lot of the action in the show is good, um, especially some of the magic action, I think is really cool that um, I really like how the Crone and Alora fight with their magical powers. I like seeing kind of the streaks like come through and kind of these like light, these like lightning lines come through um, some of the sword fighting. I would have liked to have seen less cuts. Yeah, me too. And and I think a lo- I think there's a lot of good sword fights, especially when it comes to probably the, the more seasoned action heroes in the in the in the show. Like I think the actor who plays Borman gets some pretty good fights. I think the actress who gets Jade who plays Jade some pretty good fights. But when it comes to Kit, they cut around a lot, and
1: yeah. I, I I'd like to see less of that in the next season. Oh no, you I'm 100 percent with you. The the magic fights were very well done but this, there were times the sword fight was just constantly cut like swing clang cut swing clang cut I'm like stop stop with the cutting I want to see the action
0: yeah and I think a lot of it maybe because especially in the final the final fight uh, bugged me a little bit because of like, it's kind of like maybe because it was in such a close uh, a close space so it was really difficult to probably choreograph that but like some of the stuff in like the forest areas not crazy about um in the next season i hope that they do less cutting more choreographing less
1: cutting yeah i 100% agree with you there um also i will say i'm a little miffed cuz borman like extends his his sword his cleaver that he calls it and i'm like it could do that the entire time and this is the only, and we don't get a good look at his extended cleaver i was like i want to see that. it's kind it, it's one of those fancy things where it's like hey here's my last trick and the he extends his blade and it's like for me, that's just cool. Like when swords just magically or just instantly transform and you and they become like even more of a beast mode than they they were throughout the entire show. Yeah. And I was like, I want to see this because he goes, I'm going to go out the same way I came in this world, buck naked and kicking an ass. And <laughs> I'm really like, like I'm like, Borman, you're the,
0: you're the best. I love you, Borman. My bisexual king, Borman. <laughs> um, there's a there's a scene that I want to highlight. Um. There's a couple of things that we haven't even touched on. We haven't even touched on
1: the lumberjack lesbians. Um, I haven't touched. uh, Yeah. I was so sad when they died. I was like, at first I was like, are they an illusion of the forest or are they actually real? And then it turns out they were actually real and they were actually, no, we're going to save this girl. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Woo. And then they instantly die. (laughs) I really liked them. I thought they were really
0: cool. And I like, um, I, I like the actor who played the knight who gets possessed.
1: I, I think he was really fun. Um, I know I've seen him before. I just can't put my finger on where else I've seen him.
0: I, you've seen him in a bunch of things. His voice is yeah. really his, his voice is the one that you're just like, Oh, right. I, I, I've heard your voice a million mm-hmm. times. Um, The, uh, th- they were, they were fun. Um, Kind of sucks that they died in the way they did. Um. I really like uh, Jade's origin when they're just like, oh, the bone reavers. Oh, you're actually um, what's his face? The guy from the back, the the bad guy from the first film.
1: The first bone reaver, Kale. Yeah.
0: Kale, you're actually Kale's daughter. Actually, we're all Kale's daughters. He had a bunch of daughters, a bunch of sons and daughters. Um, And I, I, I thought that was
1: really clever um also that was in the in knock where she fights kale like you see the ghost like the ghost mm -hmm. of the the, the bone reaver It's kind of it's kind of like you know luke skywalker finding darth vader in the in the tree or in the cave yeah and they're going and then like she finds out that that's it's like i am your father and she's like oh but this is my family now and then of course the sister's like you have to choose you can do this quest but once you're done you got to choose and she's like oh no do i choose between the love of my life or or my family and at the end of the season it's like you're choosing the love of your life don't don't get yourself girl we know who you're picking yeah i wonder what the next season is going to be like because
0: they imply that it's going to take them a while to get out of the immemorium city now that yeah. the portal is gone mm-hmm. so i do i'm i curious what's gonna how the next season's gonna go yeah um the the there's one part that i really want to highlight which is something that i love in fantasy and sci-fi and movies in general, it's when two people have unbelievable sexual chem- chemistry and they just want to bone the whole time. And I call it the Brendan Fraser, they
1: call it the mummy effect, right? Uh, between Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, when they set eyes on each other, they want to bone. When you see Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones in The Mask of Zorro, you know those two want to get it on so bad.
1: See- what do you see Morticia and Gomez in the 1990 Adams Family films? Oh, they it, the the thing about chemistry, the thing about chemistry,
0: when you have when you have two leads that are that are supposed to be in love, the thing about that chemistry is it needs to be so, for me, it needs to be so electric that when they're not on screen, you assume that they're having sex.
1: <laughs> it's like that's that's how that chemistry needs to be. And so, wasn't what I really broken, wasn't that like written in the Adams family script. It was yeah, like that, oh, yes. a kids movie, but we have to assume that every time Gomez and Montesha are out on screen, they are voting. Yes, that is that is where
0: that is where I that is where I got the idea from because they're that's right, it's true. The thing about like what, one thing that made um the, that made blockbusters that used to be that the reason why blockbusters used to be such epic love stories, we don't have those anymore. We don't have epic love stories anymore, and that really sucks. Yeah. Avatar is a love story. The first avatar is a love story. Um, the mummy is a love story, the mask is a love story. Um, the biggest blockbuster Pirates of the Caribbean is a love story. And and they and the chemistry is so palpable you can cut it with a knife. You don't see that a lot anymore. In fact, you see it hardly ever. So what I
1: really appreciated is in this show. Yeah, when you can definitely tell that, especially in episode, I want to say episode. Four. Five When, um, episode five and seven, especially like when, um, like when, when it's Kit and Jade in the forest and they're at Jade's, that's the um, moment, yeah, where then she says, In 10 seconds, I'm gonna kiss you and I don't know if I'm gonna stop it. She's like, Well, there's only one way to find out, and then she instantly gets kid out. Oh my god, damn it! And then finally, what a cock like, tease! I know, and then they're on the beach and they're fighting, and then she's straight upset, and she's like, You have to distract your opponent. And she goes, I love you. It's like, well, Shut up yeah it's like you you just literally it's like two episodes ago you literally were about to make out and you told her you didn't know if you were going to stop now you finally get a chance and you're finally like snuggling up together and it's like it's obvious and no one gives a shit and i love it and i'm so happy for
0: it but the moment i really want to highlight is the moment in the forest because what i really love is how good the chemistry is in that moment because they're looking at each other and they're heavy breathing and they're getting closer and they like they clearly want each other and like you don't see chemistry a lot like that anymore and I'm really happy to see it in the show um especially when a show with such strong LGBTQIA
1: uh, plus um, uh, representation or representation I almost said implications like that's not the right word to represent. no, it's, that's more. it's
0: representation
1: um it's, and, uh, and it's like no
0: the, they, they gay and we <laughs> they get open flags up, everywhere <laughs> and we get it in the when they're on the, on the sea of despair right the sea of the shattered glass sea of despair sea of whatever shattered sea Shadow Sea, whatever um, with By the way, that mud creature is adorable.
1: It is. I thought I was going to be a some grotesque monster, but then it pops up it's like it's just a giant mud puppy. I want to bet it.
0: And that that chase scene through the mud, through the mud creature with the mud uh, to the to the to the sea with the on the horse. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome sequence. Um, I really I really uh, like the montage that we get in that scene. Uh, here's what we'll talk about music, man. We'll talk about music finally. I think the
1: musical choices in this show are immaculate. Now, the first few episodes, I didn't catch the musical. I think I caught some of the music, but it wasn't until Enter Sandman when I really caught it. Yeah. And I want to highlight, and that's one of the things I really want to highlight. I want to highlight that musical choice because that kind of makes sense. You're going into the creepy castle. You want a metal song. Enter Sandman is a perfect choice because in the lyrics, it's Ox never, never Land, and they – And it's it's about like exit light, enter night. Yeah, that that makes sense. That works. Enter Sandman as as much as I love that song, as overplayed as it is in modern media, it makes sense and it works. And also I like the singer who covers it. I don't know what it is about like the last episode, the last bit, like when Graydon wakes after Graydon gets blown away, he wakes up in the realm of the worm and you hear the. No, not the realm of the worm. He wakes up in the future. Yeah, he wakes up in the future with Alora, with evil Alora.
0: Yeah, because that's what they say. Because we see references to this prophetic um, war. That uh, because we see uh, Willow has a beard in
1: mm-hmm. the
0: in the prophecy that he keeps seeing, and he's like, "For the, us to win, Alora needs to die." We don't necessarily know why that is until Graydon wakes up in that future and sees that Alora is actually the bad guy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what it is about the opening drums and guitar riff to Dire Straits Money for Nothing. You know, the I Want My MTV song. Mm -hmm. But when it was playing and right when the credits hit, when the guitar riff starts going, I'm like, I'm hyped. I'm in (laughs) like because it's this big crescendo and good job. Whoever edited that part, I will say it's you because you've heard the song before. Obviously, yeah. you heard it in what you heard it in Willow Bell, so I'm pretty sure you heard it on the radio. But there's this big, this drum, this keyboard crescendo, and it all gets to a point, and then all everything else cuts, and it's just the guitar, and just those like those three or four bars of just guitar music as the the credits start playing. You see the um, you see the army, you see the horde behind El- Evil Laura. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, we're going to season two. <laughs> language I'm sorry language i'm like oh hell yeah we're gonna season two but yeah i was hyped i will not lie um like the knockmar scene the music choices at the end of, especially for Nakmar in season and the season finale it got me hyped up i was like oh we're going to a dark place and unf- i i had a feeling you either were awake or asleep but i was watching these at super early in the morning and i really wanted to text you and be like dude knockmar Nakmar's metal the uh,
0: the whole, the thing the musical choices in the show are great throughout. Throughout, I, th- I love the every every time they cut to a musical, uh, to a um, a needle drop uh, for the credits. I think are great. My highlight was the montage though, because I thought that was perfectly used. Um, and I think the montage is well edited. It's it's cut together really mm-hmm. nicely. Uh, the uh, the training sequences are really good. I love seeing Willow train. Alora and how casual he is with his with his staff and he's just got his staff just just within arm's reach just a block or whatever um i the whole sequence it works so well to me and a lot of it is because of the music mm-hmm. and i think the music choice was really great i don't know the song off ha- hand but I, I, c- I liked it a lot
1: i can't remember i just know that money for nothing and men are sandman were the two that were really big stickouts for me Yeah. um but there were other good needle drops that i really enjoyed that definitely set help set the mood and set the tone for the end of the episode and also there's one other thing i was curious about now obviously this is a fantasy world magic works the way they want it it's their rules but because i remember when one a very sad part like when silas died at the end of episode three at the Mm -hmm. slaughter lamb and he keeps telling willow to not don't waste your magic because up to this point, Willow hasn't been using magic a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And that got me curious as to like, wait, is magic finite in a sorcerer or in a great in a great wizard like or sorcerer like Willow and and other things? Because he's not casting spells. And you would think of because obviously he turns out to be to not be like the greatest sorcerer in the world. And I thought that him, because I would figure like when he's on the battlefield he's blasting spells left and right he's like no i could do this i've been trained for 20 plus years i know how to use magic but he doesn't use magic until halfway through the season so that guy that kind of got me a little confused like is is magic finite is magic not finite i think they were playing
0: with an idea that they that they might have discarded
1: um
0: i think the idea initially was that as you get older, it kind of it becomes kind of like a um, like your senses, mm. um, where your senses start to kind of lessen as you get older. And because Willow is getting older, his sorcery would get would start getting weaker. Um, weaker. Uh, so he's it's not necessarily finite. It's that the because I assumed, and this could just be me, because like sorcery comes from your life force, It's part of who you are. It's part of the more you use the older you get or the, the weaker you get. Okay. And I think they probably were playing with an idea similar and then decided against it halfway okay. through the season. And I don't necessarily mind that because I was happy to
1: see Willow do some
0: stuff. Oh, no, um, me too.
1: Me too. I, like when Willow was training with Alora and he was blasting magic spells left around, I'm like, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I was happy to see
0: that. But I do wonder if maybe it's because... If maybe in the next season they'll go back to the idea of like, you know, Willow doesn't have much time. He doesn't have much magic left in him. And he used a lot of it against the crone. Um, and so maybe in the next season we'll start to see him get a lot weaker and maybe not use magic so much. Yeah. Or or they'll just drop it completely and kind of keep going with the realm that they're going with, which I'm I'm okay with either, but it does create a weird um discontinuity with the beginning yeah. of the show where he's not where he's very like I'm not I'm not using my magic a lot right now because yeah. he does that one big blast and then he gets really weakened
1: yeah that's that's what I was curious about because like if magic I mean I understand I like your theory that the older you get the weaker magic is for you especially even if you're like one of the great powerful sorcerers
0: right and and even like with Alora, like the idea is like if you don't use it you lose it like Alora yeah. Alora didn't use her magic for her entire life and so it doesn't exist in her anymore and so like the fear is it doesn't exist in her anymore
1: yeah so so um, I, I don't know maybe hopefully season 2 will get more concrete rules on magic that for for this world or maybe not i don't know the thing about um, magic the thing about
0: magic that's really tricky is that in creating concrete rules for magic is really difficult and i think yeah. that's the that's the problem that harry potter has fallen into as the as it goes along um, I have this theory that I that I kind of pedal out every now and then. Feel like this is the right time to do it. Called the I call it the elastic franchise theory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The idea that there are these franchises that exist in this world that are elastic, that can be stretched so much that the, and they'll never break. I think Star Wars is one. I think um, Dragon Ball Z is one, for example. So, for example, Dragon Ball Z can introduce aliens. Dragon Ball Z can can be like. We were a fantasy world where the Monkey King was a boy with a tail and he turned into a giant ape. Actually, he was an alien. Um, and that, that stretched, but didn't break. Star Wars has the Force, and I think the Force creates a lot of elasticity for, the, for, for it. Harry Potter is not elastic. as Harry Potter has magic in it, but Harry Potter has a lot of rules to that magic that mm-hmm. make it so that if you can break that franchise, and I think the Fantastic Beast films have, um we've gotten to the point where where you stretch that you stretch those rules so far that that the rubber band has broken
1: yeah and even there are times i can't think of it off the top of my head but i know i've watched some fantasy show or fantasy movie where in the very beginning of the exposition of the film of the world building it's like oh there's this one rule of magic that you cannot break because it is impossible but at the end of the movie they do the impossible and that's a different thing because that could be about
0: like you know if you believe in yourself so much you can break the rules of magic like whatever but like the idea of like the idea of setting hard rules on magic really i think hurts it and it's we're we're now a movie and a season into this season into this franchise and i think at this point putting down a hard rule of what magic is would actually hurt it more than it probably
1: will so um and at the like the rules of, of magic bothered me at first and then the more we went in on with the season, the more Willow started using his magic, the more that Allura started learning how to use magic herself. The, and even the fact that Green could also use magic because he's like, hey, I have my flute, my flute. I just listened to what you guys said. And I figured, screw it, I'm going to give it a try. What else is, what do we have to lose? And then Willow's like, no, personal objects can become conduits for magic. You're becoming a sorcerer. This is cool. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like stuff like that, that that doesn't really bother me. And at that point, spells were fleeing left well not fleeing left and right but magic what because in the, like the first three episodes of the show i'm like where's all the magic it wasn't until the slaughtered lamb when willow does his big like um area of effect attack that i'm like okay now we're getting somewhere now i've i'm in watching a show about magic but there's no magic now we're getting somewhere
0: yeah i think that i think the idea of like putting down i think putting down an idea of what Graydon was working with, why Graydon can become such a sorcerer, so, such a powerful source for so quickly when it, when it has been such a struggle, it was a struggle for Willow. It was a struggle for Laura. Um, and, 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 you know, it, the magic isn't magic is like the force in star Wars where you can, you can, anybody can use it. It's kind of a, don't try, do situation. Like, you know, just do magic and you'll be good at it. Um, but it does take a certain amount of practice to learn it. But Graydon didn't really have that. And Graydon comes and it goes back to my biggest problem with the season. Graydon just kind of has magic towards Mm -hmm. the end of the season, because like, I guess that's what we're doing now. And, and explaining why he can do it. Wouldn't be setting a rule down would be just explaining like, Oh, it's because he was possessed twice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The magic is the magic was left in him because he was possessed. Yeah. I do like his purple magic though. Like, yeah, I do too. Everyone has their own different color magic and I kind of like that. Yeah, I thought it was blue. Anyway, um oh, that's right, you're colorblind. I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry. It's, it's fine. Um the so like the idea that like willow and so like setting a rule of like, oh, well magic is finite or it it, cre- it gets harder to you to do when you're older. Like that's not necessarily a hard rule that what you're talking about, but I don't think I think some of the answers that we need that you are searching for would be a little difficult to address. And I'm curious if they're even interested at this point in addressing, like, why did Willow not use his magic in the beginning? There are answers that need to be addressed. Can the QRS come off? Where are they going now that the Memorium city is free of the crone? What's yeah. the worms plan? Uh, where's man Martigan? And finally, what the hell happened to Willow's, te- Willow's village? Mm-hmm. Those are the questions that go into season two that I need answered.
1: Yeah. And who knows what other questions will arise from, because we obviously see three volumes on the show. Yeah, when I saw that, when I saw that, I was like, "Mm, bold. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I'm like, I really hope Disney Plus can deliver, but at least this is Disney Plus. And when Disney Plus and when Disney says, no, we're going to commit to this, they don't balk like a certain someone that we love talking about on the main show. It's really nice that they. They
0: have renewed it for a second season. I don't know if they've renewed it for a third. Um, I don't
1: imagine that they wouldn't. I mean, if you... I have a feeling that with Kathleen Kennedy and with Disney and everyone else going and doing the thing they're doing right now, you would not tease. Like, if you just had the volume once, if we just saw the volume one spine, I'm like, okay, so there's... We're getting a second season. But the fact that you showed volume one and volume three... Tells me that when they made this show, they had a clear three season arc that yeah. they wanted to tell, and they had a clear story. Like this is the beginning. Obviously, volume two is the middle, and volume three is like climactic end of this franchise, or maybe not the end of the franchise, but the end of this story, the end that what started all the way back in the eighties, thirty plus years ago. I have a feeling that we are going to get volumes three because how much of a of a dick move would it be is if we get season two. Season two is really good. And then Disney just all of a sudden goes, no, we're not going to. We're not going to continue. That's it. Sorry. It's like, but but the book, we see volume three on the shelf. Yeah, I'm with
0: you. Um, I want to talk about real quickly on the music part, and then I'm pretty much done. Yeah. Um, So the music is done by two people. Xander uh, Rodzinski did five episodes. Um, He's a composer for The Hunger Games. um, A couple of things. But it's also composed by James Newton Howard, who is an incredible composer, uh, who did King Kong and oh. Jungle Cruise and tons and tons of things. So I, I love him. Um, he they both use James Horner's Willow theme from mm-hmm. the first movie oh, yeah. in really cool ways. And I was really happy to see it come up so frequently in the show.
1: Oh, yeah, you do see a credit for James Horner of the original Willow theme. and I always love it when it's like, hey, we are going to use the theme, but we're going to use it in different ways. And I really enjoy that.
0: And they make it kind of big orchestra and in a lot of places. They make it small sometimes, but it's used a lot in the show. And I was real. Every time they used
1: it, it made me happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, one other line that I want to say that just had me cackling uh, in the slaughter lamb. When Willow's talking to Silas and then Willow just goes, go shift someone oh yeah um
0: what was the what was the line of this like uh what do we need to protect from were rats what are rare rats it's pretty self-explanatory actually yeah
1: i borman <laughs> it's like what's a rare rat? um y- you'll know just like the name says and then she's like yeah there's this thing with two heads that's a were rat
0: um i really like I, I man borman i love borman i'm so borman? happy he didn't die i sw- i was certain he would die at the end of the season
1: I was glad he walked out of there. I mean, you can tell he had a fight, but I was just like, yeah, that's my man. That's my boy. Say it. It's my bisexual King Borman. He's the bisexual King.
0: Anyway, um, I'm happy the show exists. I can't wait for the second season. I'm glad you got to talk, got to watch it so we can talk about it.
1: Yeah, um, I, was, I hope I hope the others uh, watch it and like it. Honestly, this was definitely a show that I was very happy while I was, it was definitely one I was like, Am I gonna slog through this? Is because you asked me to do it. I was like, i told you I would, but as I was watching, it's like no, I want to see the next episode. It definitely gave me the I want to watch the next episode now vibes. Like I yeah. wanted to. Had I not needed to wake up at nine o'clock the morning yesterday for my therapy session, I would have been up till five a.m. watching, um, watching and finishing Willow. Watching this show week to week and getting to
0: the Almost kiss where Kit is taken by uh, the troll was a nightmare
1: (laughs) let me tell you when that happened i was Uh, like (gasps) no (laughs) oh that i would would just even when kit gets kidnapped i'm like you you bitch you mother i'm just like i'm even i'm reacting because i'm just like they finally express their feelings they're finally gonna be a a couple yoink i'm like no how dare you oh um also one more sorry one more quick thing that i want to say I love how it how the show diverts your expectations on what certain locales would be like when you hear the Shattered Sea. I'm like, okay, they're going to get on a boat. They're going to be lost at sea. No, the Shattered Sea is just ankle high water, maybe waist high water in places. But it's 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 not it's it's ankle high water and mud. Yeah, that's all the Shattered Sea is. I'm like, huh, that's interesting.
0: I thought that was pretty cool.
1: I did like, um, I did like that. Yeah, I, I think
0: the production design and the is really good. I think the um, the uh, imagination at play and in some of the sceneries that we see is really is really cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really want. I also want to highlight real quickly. There is a scene that's flashback to Sorsha and Willow where they de digitally de-age Sorsha, mm-hmm. and it looked great. I think I, I thought she looked fantastic. Uh, I liked Willow's beard. Me too. Um, but I thought I thought Sorsha had some pretty spectacular de-aging technique going on.
1: They did. They, that was really good. That was really well done. Um, Okay. I'm good. I'm good too. I really enjoyed cool. the show. I'm really glad you watched it. I really enjoyed
0: it too. Uh, if you guys watching or listening to this, oops, that's a spoiler for later, Ben. Um, Yes, uh, you heard right. There is a audio feed for Fake Nerds Watch now. Um, at the time of this recording, it is not out yet, but it will be by the time this is up. So, yay! Uh, if you're watching or listening to this, uh, please let us know what you thought of the Willow TV series. It's been pretty contentious online. Um, obviously, there's there's the bad Gee. faith arguments. Gee, I wonder why. Obviously, there are the bad faith arguments about the LGBTQ representation. Uh. I don't want to hear any of that. If you if you don't like it because of gay people, I'm sorry. This is this, this is not the show for you. Doors um, that way. But if you uh, if you if you didn't like it for other reasons, uh, I'd love to hear them. Um, I know people don't like musical choices. I get it. That's a personal choice on mine and Ben's part. Mine and Ben's that's part. Un- that's understandable. Um,
1: if you thought that Alora
0: was insufferable, I get it. Sometimes I did, too.
1: Um, yeah. Especially in the beginning when she all she cares about is Eric. But then when she. Yeah. When she falls in love with Graydon. Uh, well also when she straight up says nah I'm not going to do this anymore like to the crone like to the crone's face I'm like yeah you see Eric has such a punchable face he especially after he gets his hair chopped off I'm like now I want to punch his face how (laughs) could they do that to his beautiful hair but it's it's weird because Eric is definitely when you meet him like okay he's the insufferable prince who's always chasing who's always skirt chasing but he's not a jerk
0: no and And that's actually what I like about it no one's really a jerk in this except Borman Well, Kit too. Kit can be a jerk. Kit can be. Kit's got a chip on her shoulder, but she's not a jerk. That's true. That's true. Like, like, like uh, Eric's archetype could be a misogynistic jerk, but he's not, and that's what I like about him. No,
1: you're right. You're right.
0: Um. Anyway. So yeah, so if if you but if you like the show, especially if you like the show, we'd love to hear hear what you liked about it, what you thought uh, worked about it. Um, you know, you know, not every show is perfect, but we th- clearly thoroughly enjoyed this show, and we mm-hmm. want to know if you guys did as well. Um, again, no bad faith arguments. Thank you so much. Um, that's that. That's Willow season one. We will be back for season two. Perhaps an episode by episode breakdown if we can keep up with it. Depends on when that season comes out. I don't know if mm-hmm. it'll be this year. I kind of doubt
1: it. They probably will announce season two this year. It's probably Well, they out.
0: already announced it. They announced it before Whoa. season one came out. Well, shit. <laughs> I don't know if they're filming. Well, maybe. It might be. Maybe. Oh, they it are could. filming. I think they are filming. Can it come out maybe in the fall or the winter? It could. But, you know, perhaps, perhaps for season two, we will do an episode-by-episode episode, uh, discussion. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd really like to keep up with this, uh, especially if you want to keep going. Oh, yeah, um, definitely.
1: Ben. So, yeah. Yes. Now that season two is for sure coming, then yeah, I want to definitely, I mean, once again, it depends on what schedules are like down the road, because sometimes things change, but we will definitely be talking about season two at some point.
0: And we, uh, um, you know, we have a new plan this year for the Fickner Podcast Family Podcast that will allow us to do more things on, uh, on the same schedule. So stay tuned for a bunch of stuff. Guys, this is Fake Nerds Watch. This is our Fake Nerds Watch uh, series, uh, where we are, where we did, we, we did Willow. We just did Willow. We finished Willow. It's done. Willow's done. Don't ever talk to me about Willow again. I'm kidding. Um, but uh, you can check out um, The Last of Us. I believe The Last of Us is the only Fake Nerds Watch series going on right now. That is, I believe uh, Be- uh, Sparks and Ryan are doing that with our good friend Uh They mm-hmm. are discussing. Uh, the Last of Us uh, on HBO, I believe, episode by episode. Um, I don't know for sure, though. So check that out. Um, there are, of course, more Fake Nerds Watch shows coming as uh, as the series as the, the year goes on. I will be returning with Cookie from Just a Little Podcast to do Star Trek Picard in just a couple of weeks. And I, di- I didn't get to do Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3, and I'm bummed about that, but whatever.
1: Well, well what happened when we were going to do Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3, that kind of put a damper on things
0: yeah well anyway um yeah anyways uh, moving on you can uh this year is a big big year for fake news watch there's gonna be tons of shows uh obviously we'll probably cover every marvel show the boys gen v stay tuned for all that sort of stuff but for now i believe the only other fake news watch series going on is the last of us mm-hmm. cool so you can check out all sorts of other shows on this channel. If you like this video and you subscribe to this channel, such as Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade is a video game series. Let's play series. You can check out all sorts of video games that we've played and we've talked about. And we've scared to death, Ben. Yeah. He's he's a ghost because he's dead because he got so scared. I'm the dead now. Bye. And you can check out Basement Arcade, Posmini Ben's series on, uh, on video games. Um mm-hmm. where the most recent episode. We reviewed God of
1: War Ragnarok. We did. Um, we did. Any episodes you want to talk about coming up? Yeah, we have the Base Arcade Quarterly that inside baseball was going to be recorded almost immediately after I sign off of here and also we I have uh, <clears throat> some great guests lined up, so definitely keep an eye out. Cool. Um and of course Animation Station,
0: which just came out with a new episode. Love seeing that. Chosen <laughs> Boots, uh my 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 uh I got to join Sparks on his show Animation Station to talk about Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, one of my favorites, if not my favorite movie of the year. Check out why in that review. Only if you've seen the damn movie. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't Don't
1: spoil it. the movie. Nope, I'm not, no, not going to spoil the movie. I'm not going to... It's. I'm definitely going to... Tr- if I can catch it in theaters, cool. But if I can't, I'll definitely watch it on a Peacock. Because it's coming out on Peacock. Yeah, it should come out on Peacock. It's universal.
0: Fickner Book Club are also, is also a show we do on this channel. And perhaps that show will also return this year. But we'll see. Um, of course, you could check out uh Fickner podcast series. Our Mothership show. The show where all shows come from. Uh Fickner podcast. That Last week, we talked about a thing. Oh, we hiked up 2023.
1: I, been, yep.
0: We I've talked about... All the things that we were excited to see coming this year. Um, that was a lot of fun. Check that out now. Um, and this coming week, we're going to be talking about Sans Ben. Ben is going off on a vacation. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, the director of Chandra Busan's newest film, Jung E, which is a sci fi film on Netflix. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up this Sunday live. Uh, check us out. Cool, guys. Lots of cool Ooh. things in the pipeline. You can check us out on Fakner Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, of course, if you would like to support us financially, you can check out our Patreon and our T public. Um, we greatly appreciate all the support you can give us. Again, like this video, subscribe to this channel, FignerGuys at gmail.com. I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find my writings on atomicgeekdom.com,
1: guiderama media.com, and cbr.com. Ben. You can find me on the internet at BenMagnet27, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com, which at the time of this recording, my newest article about tempering the hype a little bit for super nintendo world don't get me wrong it's really exciting i'm super hyped as well but we're this is all this is hollywood the hollywood theme park doesn't tend to get a lot of stuff that the other theme parks do because we small we don't have a lot of space so yeah that's up on go nintendo.com right now so go ahead and check that out great And
0: you have another show, D and Dark, where you play Mary
1: Frankenstein. Yes, yes, D and Dark. Um, Yes, that is a Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast where I play Mary Frankenstein along with uh, my group of friends who play other famous universal monsters. And you can check that out and listen to it wherever podcasts are listened to. Excellent, Ben. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to talk about Willow Season 1. Me too. I'm glad you told me to go ahead and watch the show because I really did highly enjoy it. And yeah, very it, cool. It was, a, it was a fantastic show. I'm glad you
0: liked it. I'm glad we talked about it. So, until next time you see us, guys, stay fake nerds.